Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Out of Line. On today's uh, podcast, I am joined by Alec Walt, host of the Alec Walt Show on Down the Block Sports. We get into all the crazy news in college football. Clemson finally completely imploding. Um, Alabama losing to LSU. Uh, you know, TCU moving up to number four and how good TCU really is and them always beating backup uh, their quarter, their opponent's quarterbacks, always getting injured and all that, um, you know, Oregon, uh, Oregon and Utah and the debate about non-conference schedule and wins and losses, the committee, top 25, all that. We get into all of those really hot college football topics. Uh, we also make picks for this weekend uh, against the spread. And I show you my very unnecessary wager for the week. So I recommend you take a listen. Um, all right, so let's get into the show. Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Out of Line. Uh, my name is Nick DiMartino. I'm joined by Alec Walt, host of the Alec Walt Show on Down the Block Sports. How are you doing today, Alec? I'm doing well, man. I mean, it, it, uh, it's hard to complain after what we just saw this past weekend in college football as we get even closer to the college football playoffs. So I'm doing well. I'm excited to join you tonight to talk some college football, and I really appreciate you having me on your show. Oh, no, no, it's my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. Uh, you know, big weekend, big weekend. Um, Alabama finally lost. Uh, well, I mean, when they finally lost, they lost again, but they finally second, have two yeah. losses. <laughs> um, I think I often hear things about how Alabama's done or that, you know, it's not the same Alabama. Honestly, I would argue this year's Alabama team was probably better than last year's Alabama team. They just had a lot of things not go. They had a lot of they had a lot more bad luck than last year. Last year's Alabama team. I don't. I don't think this year. Last year's Alabama team is going to do any better. I mean, think about it. Alabama beat barely beat Florida and Auburn last year. They needed like double overtime to beat Auburn, and I mean those two teams were far worse than like LSU or Tennessee on the road. So I don't even think that. Alabama is really any worse this year than they were last year. I, I think they're actually probably a little better. Um, it's interesting, though, because I often see the whole thing of like how Alabama is. They're not the same Alabama or they're not 
they're not going to be, they're now not the same dominance that they once were, which I guess is kind of true on some degree, but I mean, it still takes a lot to beat Alabama, you know, yeah, like it still I mean, takes top 10 teams in their own stadiums, everything going their way, like playing the best game that they can play and just everything going right to beat Alabama. Like it's yeah. not like they're losing to Purdue. Exactly. I mean, you look at their losses this year in Tennessee, a team that before last, I mean, it still has the chance to get to the college football playoff. We can get to that in a little bit, but their loss, they lost to Tennessee who at the time was ranked number six, 52 to 49. And then they lost to LSU this past weekend in overtime in Louisiana. And they lost that game by one point off of a ballsy, ballsy play call to go for it on two in overtime to a short or short route to the tight end who ended up going into the end zone. Um, the tight end's name slipped out of my head, but he also had the key touchdown play going in before overtime to lead LSU into that. Ma- I mean, yeah, you said it right. They lost close games on the road. Two very good to- teams. Two top 10 teams in college football. Um, thing with Alabama, um, if Nick Saban's there, I trust that they're going to be one of the elite teams in college football. And even though they have two losses, they're still a top 10 team. Now, they're ranked 10th right now. I think the committee did them a little dirty because they did have two team, two the wins Clemson's in the top 10. 10. And I must be looking at it. Oh, they're ranked 9. They're ranked 9. They're ranked yeah. 9. Yeah, so they're ranked 9, which, again, it's – I mean, not, I mean it's not that much different anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's not that huge of a difference. But, you know, here's the thing, man. When you think of Nick Saban outside of the last couple of years having an extremely high-powered offense at Alabama, who, what do you think of? You think of defense. Nick Saban always has a good defense. I was going to say I think of winning. That, too. <laughs> but you gave up 52 and 32 points on the road. And third, it's obviously Look, a huge Alabama. gap between the two of them. It's interesting you bring that up because Alabama always gives up a lot of points on the road. They have. Yeah. I mean, I mean when you play it in Tuscaloosa, it's almost a near guaranteed win for Alabama. But they go on the road in those tough environments, and that Nick Saban defense is non-existent. I mean, yeah, within the yeah, within the past couple of years, I mean, I would say 2021 and Post-2020, in 2021 and in this year, they have struggled on the road pretty much every game. Pretty much every road game, Alabama played like a bad game, except maybe that game against Arkansas, where they won by a really big margin. But K.J. Jefferson got injured that game, I remember, and they still didn't play a great game, even though they won by a big margin. Like, Alabama didn't they, – they still didn't look good if you actually watched that game. Yeah. So, Alabama struggled a lot on the road. I called that uh, – the 13 point favorite thing was too much. I didn't think Alabama, I thought Alabama would win the game outright, but I knew they wouldn't do it without struggling. I knew they wouldn't beat LSU with ease. I, I certainly knew that part. Um, it, it didn't take a genius to figure that out just based on the pattern of how they've been playing on the road. I mean, last year they lost to Texas A&M. I mean, it, it's all it, like, it's not like it happened a couple of times. It happens over and over and over again, mm-hmm. almost every single time they play on the road, unless they play like, like a really, really bad team. But they, they're doing this against mediocre teams, at least. They almost lost to Texas. Yeah, they almost lost. Although Texas when, is good. viewers I, went down. Yeah, and not only that, but like a whole bunch of calls went their way. I mean, they... Yeah. They, they well, certainly I mean, had a little a bit of a... Uh, with no Quinn Ewers, you should not be winning that game by one point. And yeah, they won they, that yeah. game late. 
Yeah, they were lucky to win that game. They were exactly, they were definitely yeah. lucky to win that game. Texas yeah, that, lost that's what Alabama and got done. ranked after. What's that? Texas lost, lost their QB and still got ranked after that game. That's how yeah, that was like the best yeah. loss of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, that was the best loss of all time. Um, I mean, the other obvious, the other big story is that Clemson is done and they're actually done. Uh, they're, there's no way they make the playoffs. I guess you could say there's technically no way out. I mean, there's basically no way Alabama makes the playoffs this year. Well, either. if they don't have that championship game, they don't. No. Um, now it's Tennessee they, and Georgia. Not Tennessee and Georgia, LSU and Georgia. Right, LSU and Georgia, unless LSU somehow loses. They got a lot of momentum. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah, um, yeah obviously. And it, and then they would probably end up losing. Uh, it, right. It would take a lot for Alabama to make the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. virtually impossible at this point. Um, but Clemson, there's no way they make the playoffs. I mean, Clemson, if you think about Clemson, I mean, I get the sense that here's, here's what I think. I think that the public overrates sort of underdog brands in college football that haven't had a lot of success in recent years that you don't think of as the traditional, like, you know, blue blood type of program. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the committee overrates brands that they expect to be good that have had a lot of recent success. Clemson is the most obvious example of this. Um, a lot of people would say Alabama, but Alabama has at least not been bad enough to be grossly overrated by the committee within re- in recent years. Um, but uh, like this year, they lost two games that are, are all, already down to nine. I mean, if anything, they're underrated by the committee. I mean, they're probably better than the ninth best team. It's pretty safe to say. Yeah. Um, so, but with Clemson, I get the sense that this year, Clemson, I mean, they were ranked four. I mean, their res. I mean, now yeah. they have no shot, but their resume, even as an undefeated ACC champion, wasn't very good. I mean, this is a team that got they who needed to pull their starting quarterback against Syracuse in their own stadium to get a comeback win. Syracuse, I could be wrong, they're not even ranked anymore. I mean, Syracuse is not a good team. They're at best an average, probably below average team. Uh, they play in a terrible conference. I mean, and their biggest their biggest competition this year was Notre Dame who is like a one-dimensional team. They can't throw the ball. All they can do is run the ball effectively, which they were able to do against Clemson, who supposedly has a tremendous defensive line, and they couldn't do anything against Notre Dame. I mean, this is just icing on the cake for my point about Clemson not being good this year. But the thing is, like I said, even if they were undefeated, even as an undefeated ACC team, the fact that they were number four was everybody could see except the committee that it was a total, it was just totally laughable. Yeah. No, I, I think Clemson, if not, is the most overrated, is one of the most overrated teams in the country this year. And they've gotten a lot of luck from the committee these last couple of years. They're a team that has finished amongst the top teams in college football over the last couple of years. And they have a quality recruiting class, one of the best coaches in college football, a roster that has the chance to compete on a yearly basis. And when you get ranked in the top five at the start of the season, if you go undefeated and win your conference championship, you know, you're not going to leave that position. And um, I think the committee this year has been very nice to the ACC this year. I mean, when you look at Clemson's schedule, they played Wake Forest when they were ranked 21st, NC State when they were ranked 10th. 
Florida State, who was unranked, but I think just picked up a huge win recently. Syracuse, you talk about them. They were ranked 14th when they played the Clemson Tigers, and Notre Dame was unranked in that loss last week when they lost by 21 points on the road at Notre Dame. And, you know, when you look at Clemson, DJ Uwe Ungilile is someone they expected to take a massive step forward this year. Now, I will give DJ some credit. I have seen a much better quarterback this year than what I saw in years past. But, you know, I said this all season long to anyone who's talked to me about college football. You take DJ Uwe Ungilile, put him against Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, well, I don't, TCU, we, we can get to that later. They played some teams and, and it seems like almost every starting quarterback they play against seems to get injured, but <laughs> you put Clemson against these teams. I'm not picking the Clemson Tigers. And no. again, up until last week, they didn't move in the rankings because they had no reason to. If you're ranked fourth and you don't lose, you're not going to drop that far in the rankings, especially when all the teams around you play each other. Georgia plays Tennessee. Tennessee plays Alabama. Alabama plays LSU. Eventually, uh, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other. Penn State, when they were ranked higher, plays a Michigan, plays an Ohio State. You know, USC plays a UCLA, plays an Oregon, who got slaughtered by Georgia to start the year and still found a way to creep uh, closer towards the top 10 throughout this entire season. And you know, it, it seems like I was watching throughout the year that the committee or the college football rankings people in general would basically gift some of these ACC teams a higher rating so Clemson can say they had ranked wins going into the college football playoffs. I was just going to get into that. I, I find, I know, I just find like this whole ranking system to be so goofy in kind of, in a, in a way. Uh, I mean, especially when you talk about top four teams, it's like, First of all, I don't believe that a selection committee, I believe that they can get like the top four teams, top eight teams, something like that. I think they can get that down pretty good. I don't think that you can, that the committee really gets down the top 25 teams. I don't think that you go to yeah. like 15, 16, 17, 18, and they're just getting it perfectly or even anything close to that. Um, I think that they have a lot of, I mean, Look at some of the teams in the top 25. Tulane is there. UCF is 20. Tulane is 17. Does anybody actually believe Tulane is the 17th best team in college football? That's just stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, no. like, they just want to give some of these non-Power 5 teams a chance. And I get why they do that. But it's also, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But it also means I shouldn't take these rankings. I, it also means that you should probably take, take these rankings with a grain of salt. If UCF is 22, Tulane is 17, UNC is 15. I mean, nobody on that selection committee could actually look at you with a straight face and tell you that North Carolina is the 15th best team in the country. That's ridiculously stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody would actually make that claim with a straight face. So, which, which is why I get really – this is why I find it so weird when people obsess with, like, well, this team has X amount of ranked wins. It's like, okay – you're talking about like the four best teams, six best teams. What if I told you in football that like you're arguing between like the Chiefs and the Bills, who is a better team, and then you said something like, uh, "Oh, the Bills." I could be right. You and you said something like, "I don't know." 
the the Chiefs, uh, the Bills beat the Steelers or something like that. Like they're the 25th best team. And then somebody else said, well, you know, we beat the Lions. And then you're like, well, that's not a top 25 team. They're like the 28th best team. Like th that is what these arguments sound like when they talk about ranked teams. And last week, it was very convenient that Wake Forest, that Syracuse, um, I might be getting the order wrong, that Syracuse, Wake Forest, and UNC were 2021 20, and 22. I might have butchered that order, but it doesn't matter. It was very convenient that the committee just happened to rank all those teams like right around 20. <laughs> like, yeah. like, who does that help? Clemson. <laughs> like, who, exactly. does, who does that help? So I find the whole system to be really ridiculously dumb when we talk about ranked versus unranked teams and this obsession with record. Um, I find that college football, that sports fans often try to apply, and the committee kind of does it too because the public approves of it uh they try to apply professional sports logic to college football which doesn't work um you don't have to worry about it with college basketball because they pick 68 teams anyway but they try to apply like professional sports logic to college football and basically what i mean by that is like they they're very obsessed with um you know winning like a lot of fans are obsessed with winning your conference but they're obsessed with wins and losses like this team has a loss or that team has two losses as a way to like define your season when it doesn't really work that way in college football. There's a lot of nuance to it, which is why it's so great. Yeah, no, I mean, like when it comes to the rating rankings, it's a lot of it is based on timing. You pick up a big win and they're going to give you the benefit. You have like a bad Notre loss. Dame. They're going to, yeah, exactly. Notre Dame was unranked. And according to the college football playoff ratings, they're now 20. Timing is helping them. They continue to win. They're not going to move. But um, well, the thing about is, Tulane, they don't have a ranked win this year. But they well, want to give the benefit to some true. of these teams Kansas that are non-power five. Oh, was they Kansas beat... State ranked at the time? Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. They were I not. think this still counts as a ranked win technically. I don't know if that counts, but yeah. You know, they they picked up that win and but still I don't really care. But yeah, no. I, and I that, that was like week three, I think. Yeah. But also the schedules are completely different. Like, you know, in the NFL, you have your four division teams in college football, you have like your seven split the conference, play a crossover game, schedule a non conference game. Right. Um, so like, yes, you have a bad team in your division every once in a while, but in college football you have five. Right. Right. No, I was just thinking of that because it's interesting people bring that up because people often, like I said, people want to be obsessed with losses, wins and losses and winning your conference. Those are the two things that that many college football fans or many sports fans in general, I would say, are obsessed with. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. What if and because people like to bring up professional sports? It's like, well, what if in the NFL we said, OK, uh, you're going to play the vast you're going to play at least uh, two thirds to three quarters of your games in your division, the only games that count for the standings of your division are within your division. Uh, and those other games and other third to quarter of your games, you can, you can control. Do you think people would be, do you think NFL fans would then be so would then say, well, you know, you got to win your division. You got to win. Uh, <laughs> you, your record is all that matters. Obviously nobody would say, like nobody would then have the same logic for the NFL if you did all of that. And that doesn't even account for it, all the differences between the NFL and college football. I mean, and then 
you know, if there was a talent gap of college football, let's say you added like 20 teams in the NFL. And like, like you have to add so much to the NFL in order Mm -hmm. to adjust for the difference between NFL and college football. You don't control your own schedule in the NFL. Everybody kind of plays each other. And just the differences in schedules aren't the same. Yeah. Like, like it's just unbelievably dumb to apply some of this logic to college football. It's just so different. Uh, like, uh, th- that's why I think it's it, it, like teams are just getting screwed. Okay, I- I'll get into some of the – basically, I think that what the committee does every year is just – all they do is they set the stage. That's it. They set the standard. So they set the standard for everybody. I remember people were saying TCU got screwed last week. That's not true. Um, that's not true. They didn't get screwed. They were four. Well, last week they were ranked seven. That's what I'm referring to. lost. What's that? That's because everyone in front of them, they, they got some huge losses, but continue. I see what you mean. Right, right, right. They were ranked seven because, and what the committee did was very obvious what they were doing. They knew that three teams in front of them were going to lose. So then they could just move up to four, assuming they went out. That was what they set up. That was exactly what the committee set up for TCU. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the public was, like, outraged at this. Like, so many college football fans were like, TCU is, you know, they, they should be higher than seven. And it's like, no, nah, I, I don't know. No, they shouldn't. I don't know. They're, TCU is, I mean, you can make the argument that TCU deserves to be higher. Fine. I don't really care. But they're not a four. They're not one of the four best teams. I mean, the committee can't seriously argue that they go from seven to four, uh, when uh, that that now they believe that they're the fourth best team. When last week they thought they were the seventh best team, they didn't play a good game against Texas Tech, and now they're like, oh, you know, they're the fourth best team. They're just making this up as they go. It seems. Yeah. Like. No, I mean, yeah, like I said before, the only reason they're ranked where they're ranked is because Bama, Clemson, and Tennessee all lost. Now, if you were to tell me. That if ten if TCU was to play Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, USC, Alabama, or Clemson, how many wins would they get? Maybe one. I th- I agree, and I think it'd be Oregon. <laughs> maybe one if they were to play all those games. I mean, they probably TCU at a neutral site probably wouldn't be favored against any of those teams. I don't I don't think so either. Did you mention maybe Clemson? Uh, I think Oregon. You think they would be favored against Oregon? Oregon got destroyed in their one neutral site game this year. What, what I'm saying, though, is if T- if Oregon played TCU at a neutral site, I think that if – I bet Oregon would be favored. That's my guess. I yeah, don't know I that. Mean, sure. Okay, I, I, I just – I pulled it up. I didn't realize they beat UCLA. Oh, they smoked UCLA. Okay, I'll, yeah. give, I'll give Oregon the benefit. Oregon's a good I team. Just, no, no, I, but, but, Here's the thing, though. I think TCU is a little – I mean, they're one of the most overrated teams in the country. Um, like yeah, I said I by the public, four. I think – what's that? I don't think they're four. They are four, no, but no. I don't think they're actually the fourth best team in the country. No, they're not. Um, nobody taken seriously can argue that. And like I said, there are so many – like I said, this whole obsession with the record is just so silly. Um, people like Utah and Oregon – I mean, Oregon's been written off. For and they're below TCU because they have a loss to Georgia, and I get they got smoked by Georgia. Okay, they got destroyed they got, by Georgia. Yeah, they got destroyed by Georgia week one, a road game, Dan Lanning's first game as a head coach, and 
TC, and ever since, and since then, Oregon has certainly been a better team than TCU. They certainly have a better resume. TCU's entire, I mean, TCU doesn't have one tough road game. They, they don't have one tough road game. Their best road game was like Kansas, Kansas. with their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like you said, it, it almost feels like a conspiracy that every quarterback TCU plays just goes down. Yeah, I just pulled pulled the tweet up that I sent you. Um, when playing TCU, Dylan Gabriel, o- Oklahoma, uh, Jalen Daniels, Kansas, like you, we were just talking about, uh, Adrian Martinez, and Will Howard from Kansas State, and is it Baron Morton? Is that how you pronounce his first name? From Texas Tech. Like, I don't understand what the – deal is but they've played a lot of games late without the starting quarterback for the other team yeah yeah and it, it it almost sounds like those those suspicious stories you hear of like somebody who has like five different husbands or wives and like all of them die and you're like there's something up here that's kind of what tcu is like you're like something's up here it's a little odd um yeah, no, you're right about that. TCU, like I said, TCU is the most – I think they're very overrated. I think – look, they haven't played – like I said, they haven't played a tough road game. People are crushing uh, Oregon for losing on the road to Georgia. Now, technically, they say it was a neutral site game. They went to Georgia, They went to Atlanta. That's a de facto road game. Not only is it a road game, but, I mean, you're going from – you're going. it's not just a road game. You're going to, like, a different time zone. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. take that into account also. That makes it an even tougher road game. How many teams are ever willing to do that? Um, Bo Nix was yeah. in, at uh, Auburn. Right, right. So it's just like, how are you even gonna like try to say, well, it's a, like it's, it's a, well, it was a neutral site game. I mean, it's a road game. Come on. I mean, they still um, lost by like forty nine. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm just saying it's a road game. So <laughs> you, you take a game like that, um, and then you take a team like TCU who is unwilling to even play a game like that. So it's hard for me to then say. Well, I mean, Oregon got smoked and compare that to TCU and then say when they're not willing, when they haven't played a game, anything close to that. I mean, the toughest game, the toughest road game that they're going to play is Texas this Saturday, which we'll get into this weekend. Yeah, this week, this Saturday, Texas is playing. They're playing at TCU is playing at Texas. And that's by far the toughest road game that they're going to have that they've had to play this year. Uh, Whereas, you know, their non-conference schedule included SMU. Colorado and um, off the top of my head, some other, I don't know, joke of a non-conference game. Uh, oh, that, that they, I have it up was, in front of me. Tarleton. Tarleton. You see, I never even heard of it. I, yeah, no, that's that's not a legitimate game. They won 59 I mean, to 17. Tarleton was just a made-up school that somebody just randomly made up, I wouldn't know the difference. That's yeah, how much movie. of a joke that game is. <laughs> like, So I'm just like, you know, how am I going to get on t- – Oregon for getting crushed against Georgia in week one it, when they in a road game in a different time zone in Dan Lanning's first game when ever since then they've been a better team than TCU has when TCU was unwilling to even play that game mm-hmm. so to me it doesn't sit right with me that Oregon that it's just totally unacceptable to leave out an undefeated conference champion TCU, but it's totally okay to leave out, to leave off an undefeated, to leave off a one loss Pac-12 champion Oregon. That doesn't sit right with me because 
then you're setting up the, the situation where nobody is going to go on the road and ever play a tough game, ever. Because yeah. then if you lose, because then it can only hurt you. And it's not just with Oregon. Same thing with Utah. People have, like, like because now we live in a world where if you lose a game, you're just, you can't be taken seriously anymore. As if, like, Utah lost on the road to Florida in week one, I think. Or week two. I think it was week one. Why is, like, that's not such a bad loss. That is a much tougher road game than TCU has had to play. Um, and, and I'm not even really convinced. I'm not even really convinced TCU is a better team than Utah. I think Utah absolutely can beat them. Well, and Utah it's like beat USC, who I think is going to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Right. So, I, I mean, Utah is a good team. And it's like because they lost week one to Florida, like are we just taking it as a given, an unexamined given, that a loss to Florida on the road is really such a terrible loss? like you lost to Appalachian State or something. Like, that's just, I mean, I get that they're not ranked, but that's still not a, that's still not an easy game to win. And it's like, again, if Utah is just being written off for, and not being taken seriously anymore for losing that game, who's ever going to schedule a game like that? And Florida's not even that good of a program. And it's like, like they're a good team, but I mean, teams are just going to be scheduling like, other than maybe the best of the best teams like Alabama, Ohio State, whoever, they're just going to play Abilene Christian. Like, mm-hmm. why would you ever schedule a team like Florida in the non-conference if it's only going to hurt you? Yeah, I mean, the non-conference killed the Pac-12 this year. I mean, from Oregon getting destroyed by Georgia, Utah, Utah losing to Florida, Utah then picks up a win against USC, giving them their only loss of the season. I mean, yes. I think the Pac-12 has been better than expected, but um, you're 100% right. I mean, why should I go out of my way, fly three time zones to a major city that's an hour away from the university I'm playing when they're just coming off a national championship? I have a brand new head coach and a brand new quarterback for that system, not brand new to college football, when a team decides to schedule two cake games in to kind of warm themselves up for the season. Remember, there's no preseason game in college football. Right. That's a, that's another reason. That's another thing. Like in the NFL, they have preseason and everything. Not only do they have a preseason, but it's like, you know, the Chiefs lost to the Colts this year. Nobody seems to remember that. Like, like nobody argues the Chiefs aren't at least like maybe the second best, second or third best team in the NFL. Nobody makes that argument. Like nobody pretends that didn't happen. But nobody shuts up about Oregon getting crushed by Georgia without even a preseason in week one. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that Georgia's ranked ahead of them. And Georgia's, you know, the top dog in college football. I mean, Oregon, good for them for making the schedule. But, I mean, I get that game wasn't close. But did you really think they ever had a chance to win that game to begin with? I was thinking the same thing. It's like, it's it almost feels unbelievable that they agreed to that game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much money there was involved. but Right. But you also remember they scheduled these games years in advance. So, like, probably about five years in advance, I'm guessing, they scheduled maybe four years in advance. They probably didn't know or didn't think that Georgia would be the dominant force that they became four years ago, which is probably why they agreed to... It's the start of the Kirby. Or no, that wasn't the start. That was the start of them becoming elite. Right. But here's the thing. Even if they weren't, they still weren't going to gain anything from playing that game anyway. I mean, Georgia was still a pretty good team at the time that they scheduled it. 
And they're still, Oregon still had to go on the road to play them. I mean, chances are they weren't going to be benefiting from that game regardless, yeah. even if they were right about the their estimation. So, which is what I find kind of weird about the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the reason Oregon is bullet, like I said, I don't think that the reason that they're behind Georgia is because they got crushed by Georgia. Obviously, Georgia's a better team. Even, even if they never played Georgia, Georgia would be ahead of them. Uh, mm-hmm. That game didn't even need to happen. But the reason they're behind TCU is because I think they lost that game. And not just because they got crushed, because they lost. I think that if they w- that if they went on the road and lost by a field goal or overtime, TCU would still be ranked ahead of them, uh, which, which doesn't sit right with me. And I don't mm-hmm. think it should sit right with college football fans. When they went out of their way to schedule that game, when TCU was unwilling to. Um, and ultimately, it's probably going to work itself out because I don't think TCU is going to win all their road games. I don't think they will. Um, they, have, they have to play Texas and Baylor. Baylor they is might high. have to play Texas twice. They might have to play. Uh, yeah, they might have to play Texas twice. So they would have to win on the road at Texas and Baylor and then win a non, uh, then win the, the Big 12 championship game against, I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be difficult to win all three of those games. And even Iowa State is not an easy game. I mean, they'll probably win. But Iowa State is a tough team. The thing with the Big 12 is that nobody is really that bad in the conference, but nobody is all. But it's also true that nobody is really that good. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. So it, it really, that's kind of how I feel about TCU right now. They give up a lot of points. Their defense is not great. They're behind in a lot of these games against mediocre teams. Like I just don't buy it with TCU. Oregon has at least like Oregon killed T, uh, killed UCLA. Oregon's been a better team ever since that one loss. And, and the committee is hyper-focused on that one loss in week one. Uh, I mean, I don't – like, I can't think of a better example of – don't – I can't think of a better example of teams being incentivized not to schedule non-conference – not to schedule good non-conference teams in this year. It's all it's doing is screwing them. Even Florida, who beat Utah – they're not even ranked. It didn't even help them that much. <laughs> like, it, like it's not even it, like nobody is being helped by it. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's no good. I mean, like they only could have been hurt that game. Like, it, so it's just craziness when you look at all that. And by the way, I'm forgetting a big one. LSU. I mean, LSU is now a top ten team, but everybody mocked and made fun of LSU, and they were written off as oh, I mean, part of it was the dislike of them and Brian Kelly and all that, but. Last I remember, which I know now feels like ancient history when Moses roamed the earth still, mm. when LSU <laughs> lost to Florida State. But it really only hurt them, too, because now they have two losses. Maybe if they had one loss, the committee would view them more favorably. Um, so, again, I just see a lot of this going in a really bad direction. Um, I want to make picks for the for uh, the weekend. Um, uh, I don't know. Are you a gambler? I, I make picks. I don't like putting my money on the line because I, I, I don't really have too much to, to put on the line. Um, I, I'm definitely involved with, with the gambling aspect, working on some fantasy sports radio shows with uh, in connection with the job that I currently have and, and doing stuff like that. But um, I'm involved, but I'm not exactly at the point yet where I'm too comfortable putting my own money down because I don't really feel like losing any due to uh, – <laughs> Due to just oh, the situation, but I, I'm involved, but not not that involved yet. 
Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. All right, so I want to do quickly go through some of these games. Colorado at USC minus 34 over under 65.5. That meant to be 65 and a half. You get the point. <laughs> Dude, you, USC is good. I mean, yes, I understand last week they didn't have the toughest opponent, but Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley get it. And I was watching Caleb Williams last week, the last couple weeks, man. He And they were talking about it on the broadcast. He, he, you watch him and you're like, oh, he looks like Kyler there. Oh, he looks like Jalen Hurts there. He's not a QB you look at, and he's a carbon copy of that one guy. But he plays really well looking like guys who used to be in Lincoln Riley's system. I'm telling you this right now. I don't think USC loses another game this year. Yeah, I like USC too. I, now, by the way, if you could listen back to some of my other shows, maybe about a month ago or so, even less, I wasn't too high on USC, but I changed my mind. I actually like USC a lot more now than I did before. They can um, score. Yeah, the they can score a lot. Sick. I mean, they have a lot of weaknesses too. They they give up. They sometimes give up big leads. Um, sounds like where Lincoln Riley used to be. Right. I mean, they lost. I mean, they. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they they just these past two weeks in a row, they haven't played great. Um, I got the sense that they were playing down to their competition a little bit. I mean, they gave up 37 points. I mean, they gave up 37 points to uh, Arizona and uh, 31 points against Cal. Um, and, I'm sorry, 35 points against Cal. And the week, and week seven, they – yeah, then they lost to Utah. They gave up 43 points. So they, they, mm -hmm. Their defense hasn't been great. They've been giving up a lot of points. Um, I'm not going to touch this game. I don't. I hate it. Um, I could see. I mean, Colorado's really bad. But on the other hand, I don't know if I can trust USC to cover this because they tend to give up so many points. I mean, if you're um, up that but, much this late in the year, why are you still playing Williams? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so 65 and a half. I would probably just go with the over and not touch the spread. Uh, Mizzou at Tennessee minus 20 and a half. Um, Tennessee, I think, kills. Um, Ooh, I would say Tennessee probably. Line. What's that? That's a tough line. I would say Tennessee because their offense is so good. They're coming off a really tough loss. Yeah. That being said, Missouri is a tougher team than they get credit for. Um, they do keep games close against pretty good teams. I just don't think they can keep it close against Tennessee. Didn't they just extend Drinkwitz? Drinkwitz or the their coach, Eli. Oh, oh, Missouri. Yes, I think so. Yeah, the former App State guy. I mean, at that point, if you're Missouri, what better are you getting? But no, Tennessee's right. pissed. Um, they just bad loss against Georgia. Um, it highly talked about one versus three matchup. Um, you know, I think Missouri. See, I think if I was to pick on this, I'd go over the 56 and a half. But God, being at Tennessee is why I'm having so much trouble with this. I would take right Tennessee's. I mean, don't 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 forget they just they just destroyed Kentucky. I know that's the that's why I'm not. Do I go over on both of them? I, I don't know if I, I'm not touching the over under because it, it could go either way. No, I get that. Um, but I would probably go with Tennessee. A three touchdown lead. I mean, the thing is, if I'm taking the favorite minus 20 and a half points, it's very hard for the under to hit and hit that too. 
or that's at least just, that's three touchdowns is a lot. Yeah. Um, but I still think Tennessee is going to do it. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last couple games for oh wow, no, actually, I'm I I underestimated four uh, four point game. Uh, South Carolina beat them pretty badly. You know, beat Vandy by three, lost to Florida by seven, lost to Georgia by four, lost to Auburn by three. I think I'm – I don't know if 20 – and now that I think about it, I don't know if 20 – I think 20 and a half is a bad line. Too much or think, too little? I think it's too – I think it's too much. Too much, okay. Dude, you look at their last five games, only one of them is over 10. Well, I, know, I think the reason – this spread is so big is because of Tennessee. It has nothing to do with Missouri. That's why, yeah, I know. That's why I'm and stuck at it. I think Tennessee's going to come out firing. Yeah, so like that's that's the thing. That's that's why. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't touch a spread much bigger than this. Twenty and a half. I don't know. Um, it's just what my gut's telling me about what Tennessee's done. Um, here's another crazy spread: LSU at Arkansas plus three and a half, plus three. Arkansas is only getting three against LSU. Um, a lot of people are going nuts about this. Usually there's a good reason for it. Um, Arkansas is not as bad as they're getting, as they get, cre- they're, they're a better team than they get credit for. I think tough place to play. Yeah. It's a tough place to play. I mean, they have a lot of really like, I don't know. They, they've given evidence to like both sides. They've been bad and they've been good at times. Um, overall, this is my lock of the week. My lock of the week is LSU beats Arkansas. Even if LSU plays a bad game, or they almost lose to Arkansas. They, they could even then still cover a three-point spread. It's just so small. Mm-hmm. And LSU is a top-10 team. Um, LSU, keep in mind, they destroyed Ole Miss. Um, LSU has been great lately. Uh, so I think they should win this by about a touchdown or so. I, I don't. I think it will be closer than the public expects, but I would take LSU to cover this. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off by far the most emotional win in Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly's career, arguably. You know, beating, I mean, definitely Jaden Daniels. Um, I know Brian Kelly's coached some massive games at Notre Dame, but, you know, they they deserved to party as much as they did. I'm not saying they didn't, but, you know, and coming off remember... such an emotional win like that, then going to Arkansas tells me this game is going to be closer than it probably would be on a normal basis. Right. And I mean, Brian Kelly's probably never had a win at Notre Dame that was as, uh, I would say he's probably never had a win when he was at Notre Dame that was as emotional and as great as that win against against Alabama. Maybe I'm forgetting one, but I can't remember him ever winning a game. They went to the college football playoff four years ago. They got smoked. Right. But that win, especially with how it was won, they were losing late in the game, tied it, took it to overtime, went for two, won the game. Right. And Alabama is like, for the for SEC coaches, is the team to beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason SEC coaches just come and go like 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 revolt like a like this is the reason sec teams just go through head coaches like some type of revolving door is because nick saban made the standard impossible for them mm-hmm. <laughs> like the sec coaches are set to an impossible standard and brian kelly's first year he beat nick saban that is craziness so that's part of the reason i i like uh I, that's part of the reason this line is so low but i still like arkansas because i think they're a much better team 
Um, uh, Notre Dame at Navy plus 16 and a half over under 40 and a half. It goes to show you how bad these teams are when it's like the over under is like 40 and a half. They can't do anything on offense. I would probably go with the under. Kills them. Like how many, how many points do you think Notre Dame is going to score? Because I think Notre Dame is going to smoke Navy. I think so. Uh, yeah, I kind of think so too, but I don't know. I'm not touching the spread. You never know how this is going to go. Notre Dame is very unpredictable. They're coming off a really big win against Clemson. They're, uh, they have a lot of really random losses. Mm-hmm. Very um, random. Very Marshall? Like, Marshall, Stanford, both at home, by the way. Um, So I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame, I just don't think they're very good. Um, They're playing at Navy, I think. Um, I want to make sure. Correct. Yeah, they're playing at, I just want to make sure it's not a neutral site game. Uh, Yeah, they're playing at Navy. Uh, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it, personally. Other than maybe. No, I mean, if you're going to buy Notre Dame's offense, I feel like this is probably the best week to do so. They scored 44 against UNLV, which tells me very little, but 41 against Q's, 35 against Clemson. You know, I think, you know what I think? It's funny you bring this up because I'm under the impression that, like, it just makes the ACC looks so bad. I know, that it looks really terrible. Yeah, it makes them look terrible because look at how bad they look. Like, this is a team that lost to Marshall and Stanford. They're 3-3 three and three outside of the ACC. Yet they're 3-0 and oh in the ACC against one of, against, first, they beat, they killed their bet, the ACC's best team. And then Syracuse and UNC. UNC, they beat handily at UNC, who was one of the best teams, the best team in the ACC Coastal. And mm-hmm. they... And they uh, and and they beat and they killed Syracuse, who was, I guess you could argue, one of the better teams in the ACC at least. And yeah. they're just a joke outside of the ACC. It makes that conference just look so bad if you think about it. Yeah, um, it, it, it I mean, it's been, kind of funny in a way. No, Notre Dame's been one of the most confusing teams to watch this year. And I know yeah. Tom Scavetta, the guy who, who's in charge here at Review and Preview, is a diehard Notre Dame fan, and I was messaging him back and forth. And I was actually making sure that you weren't a Clemson Tigers fan because underneath this shirt I got here is a vintage South Carolina Gamecock T-shirt. No, I'm not a uh, fan of anybody. Yeah. yeah we, I'm we from the talking. Northeast. I went to Sacred Heart. I mean, who am I going to root for that Did I genuinely – Did Preview go there? What it seems like it. Yeah, it seems I know like Hank it. did. Tom did. I think Tom did for grad school. Yeah, for grad school. Um the basketball Nick uh, not Nick. Paul. Paul yeah. yeah. So there. so many people went there. Yeah, no, that it's true. It's funny. Um, yeah, so it's a very review and preview thing <laughs> to, to go to Sacred Heart. So yeah, so basically that's why I don't have a team and in my coming of age. When I was very, very young, I wasn't watching college football. I was watching baseball and basketball and football and all that. So all of the teams I root for are local. Mm-hmm. And, like, who am I going to root for? Rutgers? I mean uh, – UConn, no. No. <laughs> I mean, like, who is – Yeah, that's who, similar who, to me. Like, I, 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 I approach college football. You know, fandom carries. Biases – everyone knows it. And I, I think – I would say fandom, Bonaventure, as you can see from the part like, – yeah. you know – 
40% of this flag over here. Um, when you can approach college football with the fandom mindset out of it, I mean, I like South Carolina. Don't get me wrong. I didn't grow up in South Carolina. I got a job in South Carolina after college, which is why I like them. But it helps a lot when coming to these types of conclusions. So it's, right. it's, I was happy to know that you didn't have like a diehard fandom to like I think an Alabama am, or an LSU. I truly believe I'm a fundamentally smarter college football fan because I don't have a team. Mm, makes sense. I really do think I really do think that because I can just look at it objectively and I don't have to have my biases. Um, I, I want to get into uh, Purdue at Illinois minus six and a half. I like Purdue six and a half is a big spread uh, over under 44 and a half. Uh, I like the under. Um, this is going to be a classic Big Ten West game. Uh, I could see there being not much scoring. Uh, I think six and a half is kind of a big spread. I don't take Illinois very seriously. Um, I don't think they're that good. So I'm just going to go with the under and Purdue. Purdue has not played amazing lately. Um, Illinois is quietly seven and two. Um, You don't really think of them as being a seven and two team. Um, But, you know, both teams are coming into this game coming off of a loss. Neither team is really too high powered. I I would, I would definitely, I think I'd go the under. Yeah. 44 and a half. I don't know if I could go over that i mean or iowa's offense blows this is illinois no i know purdue played him last week oh oh i'm sorry i see what you're saying and i mean they only scored three points back to back i mean wisconsin's pretty solid yeah i don't like that 44 and a half number yeah yeah i'm I'm going with the under um vanderbilt at kentucky minus 18 kentucky's gonna Uh, smoke them kentucky love kentucky um I think Kentucky is a very underrated team. Uh, I think that because they have three losses, uh, you have to remember one of them was on the road at Ole Miss, who is an 11th ranked team, who I think is a little overrated, by the way. Uh, I don't think they're as yeah. good as 11, but well, whatever. We'll find it's out a lot not, this week. Right. It's still not that bad of a loss. It's still not that bad of a loss. Um, and then because they, I mean, they smoked by Tennessee and they lost to South Carolina. Will Levis didn't play that game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you felt good about that. Uh, so, Kentucky and Vanderbilt is horrible. They are Horrendous. so bad. Uh, Kentucky kills them. Minus 18. I'll take the points. I don't yeah, care. no, I'd go over that. I don't know about the 47 and a half. I don't know how many points Bandy's going to score. Right. I was thinking Unless the same thing. Unless they bench Kentucky everyone games. in the fourth quarter and they get 21 BS points and screw everything up. Yeah. You have to remember, Kentucky games tend to be low scoring. They tend Those types of games tend to go under. Yeah, so, no. That, I still think they'll, they'll win and they'll win – like they'll they'll get their points, but forty seven and a half. I don't trust Vanderbilt to get up to that number. Right. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to score enough. Um. I, I. Yeah. I would. Like I could see him winning like twenty eight to seven. I'm not going to take the under. I'm not on record taking the under, but I'm not. I don't trust taking the over either. Um. I want to get into this Oklahoma at West Virginia plus eight. Um. Maybe seven and a half, depending on what app you're Ooh, using. Dude, sixty seven. Over Virginia under sixty seven. I'm taking the over. Big 12 overs are back. I think I'd go over two. West Virginia is not a complete team, but their offense is not bad. Their offense is not bad, and they're not, and they're pretty good at home. They they can score a lot of points. Yeah. By the way, they can score a lot of points on the road too. They can score a lot of points no matter what. So I would go with the over, um, and Oklahoma. I don't think that I find that in Oklahoma these Big 12 win. games, even when they're close, they the favorites end up covering. 
Um, Oklahoma is a pretty good team mm-hmm. uh, with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, so I've, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I can see them covering the eight points. They should. It being a home game for West Virginia kind of has me on the fence there because I do think a lot of points will be scored. I'm more confident going over 67 than going with the money. Yeah. No, fair point. Um, I'm going to go with um, – whoops. Uh, I just want to go with uh, Rutgers at Michigan State. Michigan State's giving nine and a half. Love Michigan State. Uh, oh, yeah. Over under 40 and a half. Um, I would rather go with Michigan State and the under. I don't see Rutgers scoring a lot. I don't either. Uh, it, I mean, Michigan State, they just covered – they just beat Illinois. Uh, uh, so, I, I really like Michigan – I really like Michigan State this game. Uh, the, I mean, Rutgers is just so bad. Um, I'm going to go through a few more. Alabama at Ole Miss plus 12 over under 64 and a half. Ooh, I actually like Alabama. Plus 12. Ooh, I don't like that number at all. I don't either. I don't know. I don't think Ole Miss is that good. Alabama's coming off a loss. They're coming off a tough loss. Now, don't get me wrong. Nick Saban on the road always – Alabama on the road has been struggling. But, like, I don't know. I mean, 12 – this doesn't sit right with me. This I think points. it's I, – I, I don't like the number, and I think they go over. Yeah. Because look at Nick Saban's history on the road this year. Really give a 52 to Tennessee. Like, they're going to score. They're going to want to try and rebound, but I do think Ole Miss will find a way to put some points on the board. Yeah, I agree. I like Alabama and the over. Like I said, I don't think Ole Miss is really that good. Mm-hmm. I think that – I think that, you know, Alabama probably wins by, like, two touchdowns or more. And, by the way, it says something when I bet against Saban on the road. I almost – when I bet for – I'm sorry, when I bet on Saban on the road. I haven't been betting on Saban on the road lately. Um, okay. Um, I'll just do one. Um, I'll, we could just do, uh, one more game. Uh, Florida state at Syracuse. Oh, Florida state's got bad time to play them. Yeah. So I like Florida state minus seven. I don't think Syracuse is that good. Uh, I really like Florida state. 51. I'm not touching that. I don't know. Yeah. See, this could this this is one of those like 24, 17, 24, 21 games. Syracuse is they had a lot of momentum earlier in the year. And I think they have um Babers is one of the most underrated coaches in college football. What he's done with that program and that market is phenomenal. But sooner I, I think Florida State, man, like if someone's gonna step up in the ACC eventually, it's gotta be them. Yeah. Yeah. From a facilities, budget, coach, market. Like, they shouldn't be ranked every year all season. No excuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, so if you got to go, uh, you could just take off. I don't have an issue. Um, I'll do some of these other picks by myself. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I really hey, no appreciate problem. it. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, no. I really lo- love that you came on. Um, probably have you on again sometime. Um, I'll just go uh, with the rest of these picks by myself. Uh, that's fine. Um, oh man, if you ever need someone to come on your show, talk some college football, don't hesitate to reach yeah. out to me. I love the review and preview brand, what you guys are doing. I'm I'm bouncing in and out of shows all the time. So uh appreciate you having me on. Best of luck with the rest of your picks. And uh I'm looking forward to another exciting weekend in college football. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Um all right. yeah, so thanks for coming on. Hey, um, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Um, all right. So uh, I'm just gonna go through a few more of these by myself. 
Um, TCU at Texas, um, minus seven over under 65. Uh, I love Texas to cover the spread. Um, I, I think TCU is in for a rude awakening. This is by far the toughest game that Texas that TCU has had to play that by far their toughest road game. Uh, so I really like Texas to cover the spread on this, uh, to win by more than a touchdown. Uh, a few more, uh, hold on a second. Uh, Washington at Oregon minus 13 and a half Oregon smokes Washington. Uh, I don't, I, I think it's a joke that Washington is even ranked. Uh, I don't think they're any good. Oregon is a very tough stadium to play at. So Oregon should totally crush Washington. Uh, and then one more game I'll take Kansas state at Baylor minus two and a half over under 53 and a half. I like Baylor. Uh, I like Baylor and the over uh, Baylor has been hot lately. Uh, and I really, I really do like Baylor. I mean, three, two and a half is not a lot of points and they've been, since they've been hot, I really like them. So anyway, so it's a new edition of unnecessary wagers, uh, where I make a very, un a very, un you know, unnecessary wager. Um, so here it is. Here's my parlay. Um, I have LSU money line at Arkansas. Uh, love LSU this game. We went into it earlier. Uh, Tennessee minus 20 and a half, which was a slight. Uh, actually, no, that, that was the right spread. Uh, Tennessee minus 20 and a half. Kentucky money line. That's got to be the easiest one. Um, Alabama at Ole Miss money line. Um, even though I picked them to cover, I just took the money line here. Penn State minus 10 and a half. Love Penn State minus 10 and a half. Uh, we talked about it before, but Penn State's a good team. They're playing at home. They should easily be able to beat Maryland. Um, Iowa plus one and a half uh, against um, – Sorry, Iowa plus one and a half against uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa plays a really good defense. This is obviously going to be very low scoring. Um, overall, I think Iowa is probably a better team. So I'm, I'm going to go with Iowa. If I, if I was getting points at home, I'm definitely going to take Iowa. Um, and then Iowa State at Oklahoma State under because you got to keep take, taking the Iowa State unders. Iowa State unders keep hitting. Um, and then there's more. Um, it's actually a 10-leg parlay, I think. Um, so here's another picture. Um Michigan minus 20 and a half against Nebraska. We all know Nebraska sucks. Um, Texas uh, TCU at uh, Texas money line against TCU at home. Uh, like I said before, I think TCU finally loses today. Uh, I'm sorry, loses Saturday. So I think it's over for TCU. Texas is a really tough team to beat on the road. Um, then Florida State money line at Syracuse. Uh, Florida State's been getting a little better. Syracuse has been exposed for really not being a good team so florida state money line i think is good all right uh 10 to win uh 646 dollars so uh you know good luck with your bets this weekend everybody and enjoy the games i'll be back next week